Hey everyone. Um, wow, this is an ongoing uh, healing with this incredible medicine. Um, one of there are so many things that this ayahuasca is, and it's bigger than everything and anything, right? It's kind of the universe showing up to help you heal. And there are many layers to the healing as there are many layers of you, right? Um, but what's in, I think one of the most interesting things that I've recently learned, which makes so much sense, both in a podcast when someone's talking about um, Bufo, which is the toad medicine, Cambo, and listening to a healer, a very powerful healer. And what it is, is I had, I had assumed that when I had been sitting for the last five years, whatever, what was finally coming up in the last two was this entity, which I thought was him, was that in fact the perpetrator, the man who would have sent me out to be abused. But actually what it was, was um, uh, it was the belief and the looping and everything that I had created to survive, the acceptance of him, the stories, the lack of love, the darkness, it had kind of like gelled together into this entity and become its own life force. So it wasn't his energy per se, it was the energy absorbed from all the terror and the judgment and the blame and the abuse. And it had grown very powerful and um, was taking up most of my energetic battery life. So it's fascinating to me that something that's painful and traumatic converts into its own energy. And that until I faced it down, and facing it down meant actually seeing what happened. So I was actually in that room being abused. I was my, I was in, my, my father held me by the hand before he was about to sell me. It was that light into that sort of deep cavern of space when lit up that I was able to puke and puke and then the information came out. So what's interesting is in the in the ceremony you have to go to the you have to go through the horrible discomfort of the of the ayahuasca digging up the blockage and that's when you and you and you've got to be determined to want to let her do that, right? So you could be willing to surrender to the medicine, to allow the medicine to come in and unearth like layers and layers and layers of blockage that you have. And that's why you puke it out. It's like the entity is being puked out. And then, after it's puked out, you actually get to see, relive what happened. In my case, my legs were shaking and I was about to be abused. So, so that was, you know, it was, it's, it was a triumphant moment of conquest in the dark. And 
what I'd realize, <coughs> and also listening, is, is that the, um, what had been happening in the last five years is that the great medicine had sent me guides, which were these Indians, and they had just been pouring me with love, right? So I was able to surrender and surrender and surrender so much so that I was letting the medicine, you know, further in and further in and trusting the medicine so that she could finally, <coughs> I would finally let this blockage, I would sit in that ceremony and say, okay, just do it, right? Just get this out of me. So somebody was saying that it's 50% the medicine, 50% you. You have to be willing to sit inside that ceremony space and want to let go and surrender. And that was the most difficult thing before us. I, I, I was so terrified. I didn't, I was terrified of the medicine. It's interesting because I wrote this book called Walking Home. And I remember one line, it was like, when I was in the middle of this horrible divorce, it was like, it was the enemy was on the outside and the enemy was on the inside. I had nowhere to go. So I was owned by blame and judgment and abuse on the internal side, on the inside. And on the outside, I was surrounded by this sort of war of monsters, of lawyers and who just wanted to destroy me. So I was being destroyed outside and inside, right? And I didn't understand what that meant within, but I was being held captive by evil, right? By this darkness that had happened early on. And then, because of all the suffering that I kept refused, it itself had, had grown its own life force. It had become this entity that was thriving within me, thriving from the fear, from the danger, from the terror. <coughs> and it just owned me. And in these ceremonies that I was having at home, literally I didn't take that ask, I just sat there. <coughs> it was almost like I wasn't even present. It was like, this entity that had formed from all this sexual abuse and judgment and terror, etc., it was an, at war with the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca, it was like this locked battle between the horror that had happened that I'd kept refused and it owned me, <coughs> and this incredible medicine of light and love. In the end, the ayahuasca's light is love. She's bringing love and light to the darkness. That darkness, in that darkness, <coughs> in that trauma is no love. No light is no love. It lives without love. And that's why it's in the dark. And I think it's terrifying for a child it needs to put it away because that's all it has in its surroundings. And the terror of the child is if I do not accept this, I will die. If I do not accept this horror and make it work, there's just a void, there's nothing. And I think that's what the ayahuasca teaches you in these ceremonies, for almost five years of really trusting, of really letting go and surrendering that that outside the trauma, there is this abundant landscape of light and love. In that landscape of trauma, there's only the dark. There's no, there's not a scratch of light there. You're, you're held captive by a trauma. Um, so 
if you've had trauma early on, you'll have a strategy to deal with it. And mine was, I have to make this work. I have to make all this darkness, like transpose this music and make it okay, make them work. It's like being surrounded by, you know, evil witches and trying to sort of turn them into Barbie dolls or to the, into these caring, it's, that was all I was doing, was trying to make this evil work, the dark work. And, you know, like again, it's like smothering a rotting piece of meat with like, you know, the finest gravy. It's still a rotting piece of meat. And I'd spent so much time smothering it that it was willing, right? Because I couldn't face it. I mean, it happened when I was three, four, five, right? So I had to accommodate it all and make sense of it. And that was a constant conflict and struggle. So basically, your energy is paralyzed there. It's paralyzed in the terror. It's paralyzed in the fear. I mean, I even saw it in a ceremony. My hands were behind my back. I was on the floor. And this sort of seething, caped thing was above me, this monster. I was terrified. It's like being ambushed in hell. So victory, vanquishment, you know, conquest is, you know, like the knight in shining armor, light, love, the ayahuasca showing up. Now, I'd been in captivity for so long. You know, I had Stockholm syndrome, but I'd, I'd spent so much time, you know, transforming them into like, you know, fairy godmothers when they were like the darkest, you know, dark. By the time the ayahuasca came up, it was very difficult for me to let go of my story about them. And I was protecting them. And so it took five years of literally daily sitting and for these guides to show up, for this love to happen, for me to, full, to you know, I had downloads of information, for me to fully you know, come to the other side and say, and let the ayahuasca fully cleanse me because I wasn't letting go of protecting them. Right? I was protecting them. Because as a child, you want parents. And if they're crappy, well, you're going to, you know, transform them or make it work or do something if you don't show up, you know, with a heroin needle in your arm later on. So, I was trapped in this place of being in hell, ambushed, terrorized, and allowing for this thing to grow because I had spent so much time protecting it, transposing it, you know, projecting, you know, fairy godmothers on the evil until I believed that the fairy godmothers were what they were when it was evil. So. Um, I thought, you know, I, you always think the work is finished and there's another layer, right? And the next layer was so here's the deal. So this man had tricked my mother to marry him and then came to London and then used me, blah, blah, blah. 
and in my in my effort to survive i protected the horror that was done to me by by him and then her my mother i also protected her she was a child she was infantilized you know whatever and i the first part of seeing what he had done was you know difficult to concede but the second part that she too had been part of this horror um was also very difficult for me because it's like being an orphan which i sort of was really but the main <clears throat> you know um creator the main person was him he was the one that had perpetrated but then she went along with it right she agreed to it because she was infantilized powerless whatever now I had built a relationship with her, which was built on just taking care of her, right? Which was, you know, she needed to be happy. Da, da, da. <clears throat> and everybody, so for example, you know, if a meteor hits the earth, it's not just one thing that gets affected, it's everything. So when I look out on the landscape of my family, it's just a shit show. It's a complete shit show. Of, there was no one there to love anyone or take care of anyone. It was all... You know, it was, a, it was a circus act run by this very dark person. So, you know, if all of your, if you're all in the emergency room, which is all of us were, you know, we, we you can't help each other because you're, you've all been affected by this one person, right? This one piece of dark. And so, you know, my mother became the, the disciple of the piece of dark. And I, too, then became the disciple of both of them, right, by, I mean, she was the adult and I was a child, but, like, it kind of went down the path, you know. And then my siblings were on the periphery of all this shit, and, you know, they had their own issues, not because of the abuse, but because of abandonment, lack of love, the whole thing. So there's this whole cauldron of shit, basically. And I was able to you know, free myself from the main dragon, which was him, and he was a perpetrator, right? So by allowing myself to, you know, surrender to the medicine and to really see, you know, the dark, the, what he had done, it's horrific to me. And in turn, also see because of that, what kind of person he was, you know, he beat the shit out of us. It was just a horrible human being. And... So there was like one massive piece of darkness, like, you know, the shadow of this huge dark that then sort of gobbled up, you know, my mother, who was this very infantilized child whom he actually targeted because of a family, blah, blah. So, you know, once you sort of release yourself from the captivity of this sort of one dragon who basically was a shadow over everyone, then you're left to, 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 with everybody else her, you know, the wife who was, um, who praised to him, oh my God, oh my God, who's really never kind of developed or looked into anything or whatever. And then you see the effects of no love on your siblings, you know, one's a you know, major narcissist, the other one's completely fucked up. It's just like, it's all affected everything. It, it kind of diseased everyone in that family. 
and I have a younger sibling who just managed to escape, but you know, again, was involved in the abandonment, etc. So, you know, once you're kind of thrown out of the cauldron, and you can look at the landscape and see the remainder, you can actually see everybody. You know, you can see how it affected everybody. You know, if when you're in, you're in the cauldron together, you're all kind of fighting for your life. But out, once if you've been thrown out of the cauldron, you can see what the effect of this one horrible, dark evil had on everybody. It's like one Hitler on a whole fucking world of people, right? Same thing. And this is a small, you know, confined place. But it's a macrocosm, a microcosm of the, right, of the macro. So, the next part is full separation from the cauldron, right? How to reconcile, because for me, I was very, um, um, I was very, I'd been tricked by the devil. I'd been so sort of tricked by this one person and that trick and all the horror, etc., that ensued. So I managed to sort of get my, sort of de like de-electrify that whole, you know, that whole entanglement. You know, it took a long time because I was deeply inside this web, electrified web. So I was thrown out of that because um, I, you know, she shone the light, etc., on him. But now there's also, I have to contend with the separation of my story about my own mother, right? And that she too was, you know, part and parcel of allowing this, all this stuff to happen. And then my own siblings who, you know, had their own uh, experience and, you know, had a hot, you know, and, and turned out to be, you know, fucked up too. So there's this whole, you have to, it's almost like as you leave, it's like you have to disentangle from all of it. It's not just, if there's a perpetrator in a family, it's affecting everyone and everyone's relationship and everyone's way of being. He was a trickster. He tricked her, he tricked us, he tricked me. And I was the one that sort of was tricked the greatest because I, because of the abuse, right? In other words, I had to pretend him out of existence and pretend this new person into existence because the abuse was so bad. So I was kind of more blinded than most. I think my siblings could see a little bit more of what was going on, but I, I couldn't because it's just the nature. It's just, it wasn't, you know, degrees of better or worse. It was just I was deeply, you know, drowned because of the abuse, the sexual abuse. So you know, the the child within you doesn't want to be an orphan. Right? The child, if there's trauma, will hold on for whatever, you know, however long. In um, the final ceremony, one of the final ceremonies where I saw everything, the ayahuasca, you know, basically there was a 
a huge burning bonfire around me and it was like burn the past there's nothing to save there and it's very difficult if you've been in a family to say well that's it I'm not you know I'm not I don't want any of this anymore I mean you know you, the child it's interesting the child is always wanting to reconcile the worst situation it doesn't know it can leave it doesn't know that it's bigger than just this family it's the whole universe right and so even with the seeing of the horror, you know, for me, there's, you know, there's guilt and because of the obligation, etc. as a child growing up, that I was responsible for them. Like I was their parent, which is insane. I was a child. How can I be their parent? But there's all this residue, which also has to be cleaned up about your version of, you know, the leftover family. <clears throat> And you still don't want to see that how awful it is. You still don't want to fully understand that it was in every one. Right? That there is no potential um, to reconcile. Um, you know, if somebody you know, just sees the sky blue and is fixed, I mean, if somebody said to me early on, you know, you were abused, I would have said, what are you fucking kidding? No way, right? I mean, it took the whole explosion of the universe to show up and throw tons of dynamite so I could, you know, expose what had happened to me. I, I was a recruit of the evil, the darkness. So the cleanup job is not just the perpetrator. It's the whole environment in which you grew up. You know, if you were slapped or hurt or whatever, the trauma was within that group. It's not just the perpetrator that did it to you, but you are inside a whole kind of country of people, if you have siblings, and a mother or father, whatever, right? Who are all affected by it. So you're kind of all cooked together in this cauldron. <clears throat> so it's not only just the, the healing of the wounds in relationship to the perpetrator, <clears throat> but your then relationship to everyone else that was smothered by that and was affected by that and then consequently your relationship with them. Um, In my case, you know, there's really nothing to fix. I can't fix anyone, right? There's no one I've tried, you know, whatever. There's no one to fix. Can't change anyone. It's just no. It's in life, you just don't, right? You can't. Um, and so there's the acceptance. Before, I was busy fixing, busy reconstructing or reprojecting or transposing the music. And once all of that effort's gone, I call it the bubble machine, it's just what is. It's the crude, hard, sort of ugly outline of what is really there. And kind of like the aftermath of a war, right? It's like going through a, a field of dead bodies. It's like, this is the truth. You know, this guy is here because of this, and this is what happened to him over here, and this is guy's over here, you know, because of that. And she's in the middle and she, it's, it was like, you can finally see the full extent of the damage 
of one person. I mean, I finally got to meet him head on, to face him in those ceremonies, to fully relive what was done to me. And he was pure evil. Um, and now, having seen that, it's then you have to see the whole effect of that person on everyone else and how they responded, you know. Um, my mother just submitted and agreed and almost became a bit like him <clears throat> because she was terrified of him. Um, and my brothers, you know, went to the extreme because, you know, of like being like him and then being shut down, etc. So there it is. That's what, and it's fine. You can say, oh, that's where I was, you know, I was sewn up in. That's what I was, that tapestry was what I came out of. I finally can see it. And, you know, the child, again, wants to go back and fix it, wants to go back and kind of sew all of this back together in the crudest way, but you can't. Finally, everyone's free, and you're free from them. So if I'm not, you know, reconstructing somebody and going, oh, he's not really a, you know, he's not really a cactus, he's a giraffe. It's like, no, no giraffe, there's a cactus, that's what it is. That was the outcome for him, and the same with everybody else. You can't become what you were again. You can't put all that back and, and put it all back and pretend that it, it isn't what it is. And so that itself is work. It's, it's um, <clears throat> emotional work to let all of that go. First of all, to see it, you know, here are these people, this is what it really is, and no, I can't fix it, and yes, I must now go on my own path. It's really like leaving Zombie Island, right? It's like, <clears throat> because part of you will want to stay. Part of you will want to, <clears throat> the loop will want to try and make it work. And in my case, because there was tons of judgment and obligation and guilt, etc., you know, your system is like, is, you know, the default position is like, let me go back into that sewer <clears throat> and pretend the sewer isn't the sewer and, and try it. Like I had the power of God. I don't, like I don't have the power of God to change anyone or, you know, to reconstitute divinity. It's not, you know, I, I, I think as a child, I thought I could do that. And it was a form of also survival. It's also extremely narcissistic, right? Like, oh, I can make the devils go away. Um, the power is of seeing what's actually there. That's why the ayahuasca is so powerful because that light and that love allows you to see that you're actually in hell. Which form are You know, for me, there's, there was the guilt and the terror that if I didn't submit and, <coughs> and re <coughs> reconstitute them into someone else, 
I would die. Um, you know, that I would, there would be nowhere to go back to. One of the, the ongoing dreams is that there's no one, there's no home to go back to. Well, there really wasn't. There's no home at all. Um, so it's very interesting just how the whole, the whole thing needs, it's not just the, the perpetrator or the trauma that happened, but everything in that landscape needs to be torn down. It's not just <clears throat> the relationship with the trauma, but the whole environment where the trauma happened has to be seen. And you know, I, don't, I don't know when compassion, all this stuff comes in. I don't you know, really have any compassion for any of it. I just, you know, it's like the, the damage was so huge, right? I mean, at some point, I suppose it's part of the cleansing. You eventually get to, you know, you get to forgiveness. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even close to that at all. Um, for me, just the act of leaving <coughs> in itself is a huge, it's a huge uh, journey, act, it's a monumental act to sort of wake up out of the sewer, to separate myself out, to be cleansed of all this darkness. I mean, in a ceremony I saw, I was just... <clears throat> two screens, one was pure black and then the other one was the Indians. That was pure black. It was just no love, no light, nothing. So the cleansing is not only again with the, the trauma itself, but also with the whole person that was built inside that sewer and the relationship with everyone else in that sewer. Um, and I think, again, one of the most powerful pieces is to see, is to understand that the entities or this, this energy that was coming up, which I had misunderstood to be, you know, the energy of my father or <clears throat> was in fact, no, it was the energy of everything that surrendering, the terror, the, the, the lack of love, everything had sort of congealed together to make this whole being that lived inside of me that basically sucked all the energy out of me and had to be, you know, um, released by the ayahuasca. So, The cleanse is ongoing. You know, they say the ayahuasca sees it as like a, it's like a sewer pit. They want to clean out the sewer pit, right? It's a cleansing job. That's what they're doing. And they're cleansing with love and they're releasing with love. And it's in your body in a, in a particular place, stuck, blocked, energetically blocked. And their work is to bring love to that darkness and bring love to you so you can then surrender that darkness, face it, 
face that trauma. And it's ongoing because for me, not only was it, you know, because of just facing the horror that was done to me by this man, this trick, but then consequently releasing all the darkness of these other people, like my mother who went along with him that also enacted his blame, his, you know, all the stuff that he did, the judgment, the refusal of us as children. I was recently with my younger brother and it was just like, it's complete abandonment, right? You have to accept all of it. There's nothing that can be caked over or, you know, it all has to be fully released and seen and let go. Part of me thinks, oh, you know, it was like still like, oh, I need to go back and take care of them. And it's like, no, you have to give them back their responsibility. You have to let the karma of those people resolve itself. You know, I can't <clears throat> go in and protect her again. She needs to be in full truth. And, she, you know, that her karma needs to be resolved by her. You know, I thought as a child that I had the ability to protect them all from this horror, etc. But no, 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 no. <clears throat> Each person must resolve their own karmic destiny. In the same way as my siblings, it's like, there's nothing, I'm not gonna pretend that this is okay, or cover it up. It is what it is. It's pretty ugly it's from where on my vantage point. It's pretty disgusting, because I see the, just the, the darkness of it. But again, not for me to resolve not for me to resolve. You know, I can't sort of go back into being that little child that has to, you know, smother the darkness with some Disney-esque story or fantasy to make it work. Now it's just like right there. It's just ugly and diseased and yuck. It's just all out there as a truth. And that's just what it is. It's going it, to, you know, it will go wherever it needs to go, it will karmically, you know, um, resolve itself. It's not my responsibility to karmically resolve it. It's for these people to either wake up or not. It's like that platonic, was that that philosopher that was like, you know, if I'm asleep, should I, should I wake you up? <clears throat> Some people don't want to be woken up. And I think for me, the most difficult thing was to see, not only was it the perpetrator evil, but then the effect of that evil, the diseased, it kind of diseased everybody, so to speak. And everybody was affected by the radiation, so to speak. You know, it's like it creates kind of like monsters. Right? It creates like these, you know, half a leg, part of a body. You know, it's just like, ugh, right? I can't relate to that. And I didn't have to pretend them into rightness. I suppose that's what I'm saying. I can't pretend them and make that what it is what it is. And I can't be around it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. And I can't make it into what it isn't. It is that. That is the truth. And I have to let that be and let the universe karmically resolve that. For them, it's their destiny, not mine. 
Whereas before, you know, as a child in pure terror and in, in this um, belief that I could somehow unify everything and make all this work, change it, transpose it, because I myself was so terrified. I believed I could do that whilst all the time abandoning my own soul, right? And now, <clears throat> in the wake of seeing kind of the truth of it all, once, you know, all the projections have been torn down and I can fully survey this landscape, it's like, ugh, like there is nothing here. And <clears throat> the ayahuasca made it very clear. It's like, there is nothing for you. There's nothing to take from that past, burn it all. It's like this huge bonfire. So you can't be half pregnant. You can't sort of just say, oh, I'll just get rid of that, but I'll keep this. There's, it's like it was all like this huge shit show. It was all just a mess. It was all just a huge oil leak off a tanker. And... That's it. And all I can do is to heal myself. So I become like a pure channel, right? That's all you can do is heal yourself. Again, I had this sort of delusional sense that I could make this all work. I can't. And I had abandoned my own child and my own divinity in order to make this work. Which is like saying, well, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't matter, but I need to, you know, which means I have no power, really, but I need to make all of this other shit work, make the evil, give it validity. And now it's just, here it is, it's all this darkness. It's kind of not my problem, it's just what it is, it's what's here, it's in the universe. All I can do here is to really cleanse, heal, and be sort of work it so this energetic vibration that's clean, that's pure. So as you leave and you surface out of this, your trauma or your cauldron of shit or whatever you want to call it, the cleansing is complete. In other words, there's no returning there's no, <clears throat> I'll be clean here, but then I can hold on to that and make that. No, it's all like, okay, the acceptance of the truth. And in a way, it's very difficult because like, wow, I was an orphan. I still am an orphan. There is no one to go back to. Yeah. There was nothing here. There was no love. There was nothing. Everybody was on their own you know, affected by poison. Your cleansing changes your energetic vibration, what you manifest, you know, what you do. I, I, and the marvelous thing about all of this stuff is you realize, well, wow, I didn't really, <clears throat> I don't really control anything much as I'd like to think I do, I don't. And also, <coughs> I have 
Um, all I need to do is be vibrationally cleansed, if that word is whatever, or just be cleansed within myself, and then you kind of attract what is pure within you, right? I think, again, the most astounding thing is that this whole thing was like a massive oil spill. Black, black, black. Again, it's like a drone. The, the, the more you're pulled away from the scene of the crime, <coughs> the more you're not in the scene of the crime, the more you see it from this perspective, the truth of the perspective. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a complete journey that has different stages and different deaths of you. Let's suppose the different deaths of you. And in, in each death, you're sort of purified and cleansed. And you don't know how long it's going to go or, you know, what. It just keeps going. Bye.